This is Tom Lida, and welcome to Quest for Faith, May 27th, 2021. To begin, I would like to share a few items from the Norman Christian. We have a virtual ventures event coming up June 6th, 2021, Sunday, from 4.30 to 6 p.m., and we will have a link that is in the newsletter. There's no registration required. Our panel will be discussing pastoral care in the time of pandemic. We have our very own Shell Miller, Harry Smith, and Karen Hess. Uh, we are excited about this panel. Remember, uh, June 6th, Sunday, 4.30 to 6 p.m. Charm Breakfast will resume the last Friday of the month at Cracker Barrel, uh, Friday, May 28th at 8 a.m. They are also uh, taking reservations for the Branson trip that will happen in November. So if you're interested in either event, please contact the church office. There will be an all-church picnic coming June 13th, right after worship until about 1 o'clock, so dress comfortably, and that'll happen with some food trucks, and we will have the Hot Dog Man, OKC will be there, the Midway Deli, uh, so please come join us and bring a lawn chair or a blanket to sit uh, uh, for the picnic, and, and the fellowship committee is very excited about it and they are making plans. Today we have Jeff Shampoo, our very own Jeff Shampoo, and he is going to share with us a few words that he shared with the graduating seniors a couple of weeks ago, and it is a message of hope and encouragement. Uh, welcome, Jeff, to our podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thanks mm -hmm. for asking me to be here. Yes, sir. Yeah, a few weeks ago on Senior Appreciation Sunday, um, I was honored to say a few words, and here's what I said. In thinking about what I might say and how the last year has unquestionably proven itself to be the year of the lemon, I thought it important to acknowledge that while also looking ahead toward the lemonade that's hopefully not far off. Across the land at ceremonies and dinners and lunches and breakfasts just like this one, inspirational speakers are talking about commencement, to commence to look forward, to go forth. But I think we should take a few minutes and look back at where you've been. Most of you grew up in this church, and I hope it's been a source of joy and comfort. When I started coming to youth group after being invited by a friend, I found those things here. In the youth group, I found friendship, companionship, grace, and, well, I kept coming back because I also found pretty girls. I hope you found here, just as I did, a group of people, classmates, peers, fellow youth, and also adults who cared for you. Growing up is a long series of successes and failures. And here's a little secret. Adulting is also a series of successes and failures. What I know to be true about First Christian Church of Norman, Oklahoma, is that we are a community joined together in a reverent, thoughtful, loving quest for faith. To me, community is the key word there. We're in this together. In successes, we celebrate together. In failure, we confide and we commiserate and we comfort and we console. Sometimes it may not feel like a community when people are inconsiderate or mean or, dare I say it, when they disagree with my view or philosophy on something critically important, 
like whether to buy ultra soft or ultra strong Charmin. But community doesn't mean that everyone agrees on everything all the time. It means we can disagree with an idea, but love the person who holds that idea. It means we stop short of name-calling, or at least it means we feel bad after the fact because we care about the person we just hurt. Community means we love each other and care about each other and respect one another, even if we don't deserve it, because we're in this together. And now to look forward. I'd like to put forth a few ideas to keep in mind as you turn the page from this chapter of life to the next. Number one, make progress a priority. Bill Gates said one year ago in an essay addressed to the class of 2020 that you inherit a world that has already proven that progress is possible, a world that has rebuilt after war, vanquished smallpox, fed a growing population, and enabled more than a billion people to climb out of extreme poverty. That kind of progress didn't come about overnight or by accident. It was the result of people just like you who dedicated themselves to serving humanity by playing a role in propelling us forward. You, too, have a role to play. Number two, give someone your shoes. On the 2003 youth mission trip to Honduras, we stayed in a small village with no running water, spotty electricity, and no one space big enough to house all 40 of us or so that were there. So we split up into two groups at night to sleep. There was no such thing as air conditioning down there, so we slept with doors and windows open in hopes a slight breeze would make it a little bit closer to tolerable. We left our shoes near the front door to cut down on the amount of sand we tracked in, which didn't work. One morning we awoke to find that all of our shoes near the door had been stolen. Amid the outrage of having to locate our spare pairs of shoes and put them on, Robert Marriott said the words we collectively needed to hear at that moment. The people who took our shoes were probably just looking for some to give to their brothers or their sisters. Since both pairs of my shoes had been taken, Robert gave me his spare pair to wear home. When someone needs shoes and you have some to give, give them. Just do it. Number three, leave room. Leave room at the table for those with whom you disagree. A few years ago, when some other churches around the country were actively making it harder for women to occupy leadership roles, our denomination passed a resolution at a general assembly known as the All Means All Resolution. Its official title was GA 1327, Becoming a People of Grace and Welcome to All. And although there was much discussion before it was voted on, and a few people voted against the resolution, it was overwhelmingly adopted. The resolution read in part, the church is called upon to recognize itself as striving to become a people of grace and welcome to all God's children, though differing in race, gender, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, nationality, ethnicity, marital status, physical or mental ability, political stance, or theological perspective, and to affirm the faith, baptism, and spiritual gifts of all Christians, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity, and that neither is grounds for exclusion from fellowship or service within the church, 
but we celebrate that all are part of God's good creation. When put that way, it sounds obvious and easy, but it isn't always. It takes work. Grace is hard, especially for that person spewing hateful and incendiary things on Facebook. Use them as practice so you get good at showing grace and love. Number four, civility matters. You need not look hard to find awful things being said out loud by so-called leaders at all levels. But it wasn't always this way. In April 1980, two candidates running for their party's nomination in the upcoming presidential election were participating in a televised debate in Houston, and they were asked if they thought children of undocumented people should be allowed to attend Houston public schools. One candidate began his answer this way. I'd like to see something done about the immigration problem that would be so sensitive and so understanding to labor needs and to human needs that that problem wouldn't come up. They went on to say that as we've made illegal what should be legal, we're creating a whole society of really honorable, decent, family-loving people who are made to feel as though they're living outside the law. The other candidate in what seemed to be an attempt at one-upping the first candidate in terms of how humane and loving we could and should be as a country to our neighbors to the south, said, we're talking about putting up a fence. Instead, why don't we work out some recognition of our mutual problems and make it possible for workers to come here legally with a work permit? And when they're working and earning here, they pay taxes here. And when they want to go back, they can go back. We can open the border both ways. We're all God's children. Let us be kind and civil to one another and care for one another. By the way, those candidates were George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan. And you can find that debate on YouTube. Number five, be just and seek justice for all. On the south wall of the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial in Washington, D.C., one of his most famous quotes is inscribed, We shall overcome because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. I could write eight eight hours a day for the rest of my life and still probably not come up with anything that compares to what Dr. King wrote and preached and professed. And as a white person, I don't begin to think I could ever experience what people of color experienced in the civil rights era or at any other time in our country's history, even today. And it's those experiences that were behind his words and his actions and his speeches and his sermons. Still, I have tried to train myself to look for justice and the denial of justice and then do what I can to help. Again from Dr. King, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Number six, BRBG. Ruth Bader Ginsburg graduated first in her class at Columbia Law School widely regarded as one of the most prestigious law schools in the world, at a time when very few women became lawyers. 
She actually started her legal studies at Harvard Law School when she was one of nine female students in a class of 500. While there, she was reportedly invited, along with the eight other female students, to the dean of the law school's home for a dinner, at which he asked all nine of them why they were there taking the place of a man. Even with her academic success, she had difficulty finding employment. No one wanted to hire a female lawyer. In 1972, Ginsburg co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union. The Women's Rights Project and related ACLU projects participated in more than 300 gender discrimination cases by 1974, and as the director of the project, Ginsburg argued six gender discrimination cases before the Supreme Court between 1973 and 1976 herself. She won five of them. Rather than trying to get the Supreme Court to end all gender-based discrimination at once, she formed a strategy and took aim at specific discriminatory statutes one by one. She mostly chose male plaintiffs to demonstrate that gender discrimination was harmful to both men and women. She became highly regarded as a skilled and effective advocate, and her work led directly to the end of gender-based discrimination in many areas of the law. She spent much of her legal career as an advocate for gender equality and was appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1993, where she served until her death last fall. Be and seek justice for all. Make progress a priority. Finally, I'll leave you with a somewhat more easily digestible idea. I realize becoming a tech billionaire and philanthropist, a Supreme Court justice, a civil rights leader, is hard to do before breakfast. The idea is this. Listen to good music. I'll admit I wasn't a fan of Lady Gaga until fairly recently. It's hard to take someone who once wore a dress made of meat seriously. But here are some lyrics of hers that I find to be profound. I'm beautiful in my way, because God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Some of you already know what track you want to be on, while others might still be looking for the train station. There's not a thing wrong with either of those. Wherever you find yourself, know that this church family is here to support you. And if you find someone in front of the train where the first class seats are, or in the back of the train where the coach seats are, or even outside the train station, if you find somebody any of those places looking for shoes for their brother or their sister or themselves, I hope you'll give them yours, because we're in this together. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for your words. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. Uh, thank you for your ministry, your shared ministry here at First Christian Church and all that you uh, do and, and the gifts that you share, and particularly uh, today for sharing uh, with uh, words with uh, the graduate graduates recently and for the words that you have shared today for our Quest for Faith podcast. Uh, blessings to you, Jeff. Blessings to our listeners. Uh, and thank you for joining us.